Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Open your hearts, loosen your butts. It's time for couples therapy. Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's Where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies Talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling To messy situations, shits and conscious and coupling From Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu Text, sex, regrets, or feeling on your new jubu They gon' talk about it, ah, yeah, you are invited, ah Needing therapy, I guarantee, baby, we got it It's up, up, up. Welcome to Couples Therapy. My name is Andy. And I'm Naomi. We're a real life married couple. Wow, took a beat. A real life couple of comedians. <laughs> married couple of comedians. <laughs> and on Couples Therapy, we answer a couple of different questions from a couple of different listeners who may or may not be married. I don't know their life. Yeah. Hey, we don't look. Whatever you want to be. You want to be married? You not you you want to be in a polycule? That's up to you. <laughs> polycule sounds like something you get at the container store. <laughs> I'm like a polycule. I got a uh, I got thumbtacks everywhere. I need a polycule to separate them all. It, I think it would be more for sweaters, but yes, you got the gist. <laughs> you got the gist. I think it'd be. I think it'd be bigger. I think it'd be for sweaters. <laughs> um, you guys, we are coming to you on Sunday, April 9th. and I just gotta say real quick, just I don't know. I've been going. I was like scrolling through social media. I was waiting for us to record, and I didn't really know that many people were into Easter as seemed to be repping Easter. Mm. In my feed, in my world. This is the same thing like when Scandaval from Bravo happened. I didn't know how many people in my life watched Vanderpump Rules and were like invested. And I feel the same way. I'm like, I didn't know y'all all were into Easter. I've always thought Easter was kind of whack as far as holidays go. Like it's like a, it's like, I think it's like a, it's a forced in terms of the hullabaloo and merriment around it. Mm-hmm. Like peeps are disgusting. Who really likes pastels? You look up some eggs. Good. Here's I the just thing. Feel like, I just always felt like it was it was trying to be celebratory and dynamic. Are you talking about for Gentiles? Because I would say for for us Jews, the exciting thing about Easter is that finally our Lord's back, and it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's that it's always around Passover, and Passover the food tastes like shit. I'm sorry, folks. I'm gonna say it. Say it. I'm gonna say Speak it. Speak it. I thought there was a point where I, I did Passover. I would say like a dozen years into being vegetarian, and finally I got sick of just eating like matzah and celery, and yeah. I just stopped. And I said, "All right, I'm done. I'll limit." The grains I eat, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I'm I can't just have peanut butter and matzah, peanut butter and jelly and matzah every day. Yeah, and for dinner, matzah pizza. It tastes like <laughs> shit. 
it tastes like shit. I am sorry. It sucks. It sucks. And all the, all the food for Passover is terrible. And I won't hear I won't hear a word that says it is. Okay. But the thing is, when you are confronted with a week of eating just the driest crackers, crackers that desiccate you, that suck the the very water out of your body. Yeah, there's no there's no flavor to it. And your friends get these baskets. Even if the candy is shit for Easter, it is so much better than Passover <laughs> that it is exciting. There's something exciting about Passover for me and my friends in the tribes, the 12 tribes. You mean just the proximity? You just mean the access to chocolate? Why is that exciting to be Jewish? You can get chocolate. Now my hey, when I grew when I was growing up, Naomi, my parents did not let us have candy in the household. Okay, we we didn't have candy. Yeah, but you would really... like hang out with your friends, stuff. So you just go get some, right? You always talk. You worked at a grocery store. You had access to candy all the time. I wouldn't really buy it though. Every once in a while, there were mm. there were points where I was depressed uh, in retrospect, and I bought uh, <laughs> Grandma Oats's potato chips and some Hershey Kisses. And I would have a Hershey kiss. You you've always loved the salty sweet. Yeah, always. Okay, so what you're saying is but, you like chocolate. I still don't. I still don't know why you give an Easter all this credit. Because then this goes back to because remember how you felt about Hanukkah being a Christmas B side. Yes, and you didn't appreciate that. Yes, why not check out the song on Bandcamp? <laughs> so, don't you feel like Easter? Do you feel, do you feel like Easter takes Hanukkah's? Do you feel Easter takes Passover's thunder? No, because it's a legitimate, it's a big holiday for you guys. No, I get what it is religiously. I just think all the actual events around it, and all these people are like, did you go to church? Again, I don't care if you did or did not, but I was like, how Easter are we doing? Like, are we literally just into... Hiding eggs. Yeah, a bunny, an adult in a bunny costume? Is that like the exciting part? Or did you give us the full, you know what I mean? He hath risen energy. Right, did you have someone trap you in a cave on Friday, and then you had to get out of it by today? I, th- I just meant going to church, but sure. Did you pretend to be Jesus? That's an option, too. I didn't think you would go that hard, but it's possible. JCP, Jesus Cosplay. I just didn't understand. I just Is that what JCPenney stands for? Jesus Cosplay, honey? <laughs> Maybe? I don't know. Anyway, I think we've done enough to enrage the uh, the evangelical Christians in the audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of which there we are do. many. We have so I'm many. I'm sure there are many. We have many. No, I don't have anything wrong with Easter. I just didn't realize how into <laughs> Easter people were. Like, I felt like Easter was something you you just had to go to. And I don't know. Again, it's, again, it's not certainly believe what you believe and have your faith. I just meant like, I don't know. I just had people posting pictures of just like, dyed eggs in their house and they were like easter vibes i'm like are there any kids there did you just do that for fun as a grown adult i just had things that were surprising to me so there are are there easter adults because like i can understand that you would do all that stuff if you have children this is what i'm saying like like there are disney adults are there easter adults maybe there are maybe there are i mean the performance around easter the capitalist display around Easter is very Disney-like. No, oh, sure, we live in hell. So, but. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's, you know, it's, it's costumed. It's a, it's a adult and a character costume, anthropomorphized animal. Mm-hmm. Children have to go around in a field trying to find currency. I still, my favorite picture is from I think it's my friend Steve. His childhood. He is sitting on the lap of a rabbit that looks like it could have been in Donnie Darko. It's just <laughs> horrific. They all do though. Is my thing with these rabbits. I ain't never seen a six foot tall, cute, approachable rabbit. I'm gonna say that right now. And you know what? That's the end of it. Because uh-huh. <laughs> I'm on the record. Because you yeah. know what? we Easter have Easter rabbits give strong John Wayne Gacy vibes. <laughs> we have, 
we have things to discuss and get into because we've got follow-ups and oh, yeah, everything. We are, anyway, I want you to play this okay. right off the bat. Now, do you remember in last week's episode with Mort, you described how your your inner voice, your hateful inner voice, you've nicknamed her Gretchen. I said too much in that Mort episode. <laughs> I really wish. She, so that's what happens when we record stuff too far in advance because then I don't even remember where I'm like, you got to cut all that out. But yes, I did. So let me, yes, I did. Well, it's, one of our listeners had something to say about that. Hey, Andy and Naomi. Um, I'm calling about the episode, most recent one with Mort. And I just want to specifically say, Naomi, I think you are awesome and amazing and you can accomplish anything that you put your mind to. You can accomplish anything that maybe you don't want to put your mind to, but you just got to accomplish it anyway. And um, I would just like to say also that my name is Gretchen. Thanks, guys. I love you so much. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Gretchen. Okay, Gretchen, I love you. I see you. Thank you for your kindness. I will change my hateful voice to Leanne. <laughs> okay, new new name. I will, Gretchen, because you're too good to me. New name for my hateful inner voice, who dis? <laughs> Another thing, okay, you know, there was that question about COVID weddings, about what do I do going to a wedding now? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty COVID conscious. We got a lot of letters uh, and voicemails uh, thanking us for, for being COVID conscious, for talking about it. I just want to read an excerpt from one. Andy and Naomi, I can't tell you how grateful I am that you continue to share your concerns and advice while navigating COVID and your day-to-day lives. It's easy to feel like no one cares about public health anymore, especially living in a big city. So the reminder that there are still kind and thoughtful folks out there is genuinely helpful. Appreciate y'all and thrilled that you were able to celebrate your wedding safely and on your terms. Thanks again. Thank you so much. And here we are now a month away from the wedding, a month since the wedding, a month. Not a single COVID to be had. Not one molecule. Not one molecule. Nobody's told us they got sick from our wedding. One person got sick, but they said they did some. They did something the night before the wedding, and I said, "But that's where you got it. That's where you got it. That wasn't on our watch." I'll tell you that right oh, now. A giant event, yes. Yeah, an indoor, a packed indoor giant unmasked event. Well, that wasn't on me. That wasn't on me. So it. So I also say that to say too, like. It makes a difference when you do things mm-hmm. and you're thoughtful about it and you try that it can be done. We all had a wonderful time and managed to be safe. So this is why you don't give up. People, this is why you don't give up. <laughs> people in 20 years are going to be talking about how great our wedding was. <laughs> 30 years. 40, Naomi. There are yeah. going to be when this husk of a land is a dystopia. People will be wandering at telling folk tales about what a great wedding we had. Right. I don't know what else. I was battling battling in Mad Max cars, just driving through. Being I once had (laughs) mushroom risotto. The stories tell tale of a wedding (laughs) with mushroom risotto and black and white cookies. (laughs) Naomi, we also have an update. This is an update from 2020. Oh wow! Okay, three years. Three Uh years on someone has come back to us. Uh I can't imagine. Are they angry? (laughs) Are they looking for revenge? No, I had to go back to their original question because I had no recollection. I don't. Of course, it's been three years. I barely have a recollection of whatever the last episode was. You don't listen to me talk half the time. (laughs) I mean, I get it. Wait, what? (laughs) So I won't go through the whole thing, but basically, they say in it, uh, "Too long didn't read." Should I tell my temporary quarantine lover that I love him? Okay, okay yeah, this, this is, is the back, OG. This is the back OG. In 2020, question. this is from the episode we did with Rana and Brian. Oh, uh, Brian, who's since become my nemesis. <laughs> so a, much change in those three years. Was a friend then, now a nemesis. <laughs> they write in again. Congrats on the wedding. Update We've been together ever since and lived together in a new city. He moved 
for my job. Okay. Thank you for the amazing and hilarious advice from Rana and Brian. Maybe we'll play it at our wedding someday. Mm-hmm. Wow. This is huge. You know what? We should we should tell Rana. I don't need to tell Brian, but we should tell <laughs> Rana. We should we should let her know that this advice did change the game. Uh-huh. Okay? These people, three years on, this is how you can find the impact. The impact of the work is in three-year follow-ups. Uh-huh. So if anyone's life has been made better, I want you to put on your calendar two, three years from now to circle back and let us know. <laughs> let us know what you had. Okay? Because it does help to know that this advice sticks. Yeah. Like ribs to your stomach. Okay, you mean like the ribs in your body? Or you mean no, like, like when you eat a bunch of ribs? I guess when you eat ribs, I don't know. <laughs> I know you don't even, even eat ribs. <laughs> I think I probably had them some back somewhere in uh, the year 2000. <laughs> Maybe the last time I had ribs. <laughs> and also, Naomi, I want to read like one dating story. Why don't you read this one? Well, I would love it. So um, as we say, you guys, we welcome um, your five-star reviews. Five stars only. And with the review, why not leave us... A dating horror story. Yes. All right. Whether it's one date or years of your life you can't get back. We love to hear it. And so people are still doing it. And listen to this. I went on a second date with this man to a popular new restaurant. It was really crowded. And at a certain point, it seemed like maybe the hostess had forgotten about us. Instead of asking about it politely, this man proceeds to instigate a loud argument with her. Mm. I naturally ran out of the restaurant. Eventually, he comes outside and says that we should go somewhere else. I was too young to have self-respect at the time, so I agreed. But before we could do that, he made us stop to sit on a bench while he wrote a one-star Google review for the restaurant. Ooh. So, yeah, turns out having Ayn Rand in your apartment is a red flag. Oh, 100%. And not every, and not every man that makes furniture is Aiden from Sex in the City. No. <laughs> no. Also, congrats on your wedding, Naomi and Andy. You're both wonderful, and you're the cutest dog in the world. Wishing you all the best. True. I mean, to sneak in a horror story and a compliment <laughs> and five stars, this, this person does it all. They do it all. But, oh, my God. Being like, let's go... So- also, I for, when when you said run out of the restaurant, I thought you literally meant like run for the hills. But no, you like ran outside and stood outside because you were like, I can't be here for sure, this. Sure. I can't be totally understand that witness. But I know that feeling of like I was too young to know any better because I because I was I'm like, why didn't I just get up and exit? Yeah, like fully exit stage right. Yeah, why didn't I do it? And then you stay, but then it was only because like. The date's already gone sideways right. with the yelling, but then for them, t- then once you get the person to say, yeah, we can go somewhere else, you bring it to another halt by saying, let's stop at this bench so I can write a one-star review? I mean, you're not giving, like, you're giving people too many chances to run for the hills. Yeah, you basically, like, dynamited a bridge, right? You you were traveling along these bridges, and then you dynamited a bridge, and you're like, now we have to, like, go all the way down to the gulf and climb up the other side. Okay, okay, this metaphor. <laughs> It's a good metaphor because I'm just trying to think of like, man, there have been like magical dates I've been on where I didn't want them to end. And Whoa, just, give me names. The na- fuck? <laughs> Naomi Ekparrigan, remember? <laughs> that one uh, when we went to see Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> no, there's been a lot, but like, you know, and you just, you like try to keep the charisma and the magic going. Right, right, right. You want to keep that momentum. Yes. And anything that kind of gets in the way, you, uh, you viciously avoid. Exactly. So fighting with the waiter, it's like it's, a step one. Cause like, even if that is your personality, when you're on the date and you're trying to seem attractive and kind and make someone feel at ease, you don't start that fight. Mm-mm. You don't start Mm-mm. that fight. That's why it's so telling. Like when someone who you've just met, is like really rude and combative 
you know they're even worse than that. Because it's like, oh, this is how you are when you're trying to impress. Imagine how you are once you're relaxed. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, mm-hmm. get out of here. Mm-hmm. Oh, Naomi, before we get into our guest today, I just want to quick say the 100th Patreon episode is coming up. Ooh, baby. And we thought we would do an ask us anything. That could be ask us an advice question you want to ask or ask us a personal question. We will or will not answer it depending on how personal it is. But uh, if you're part of the Patreon, please write in, send a voicemail, just mark it that it's for this episode. Yeah, for the Patreon 100th. Also, while we're announcing things, I guess I should tell people, if you are in L.A., Every Tuesday in May, I will be doing a workout show at the Elysian Theater on mm. the east side of town. Tickets are 20 bucks. I'm going to have two to three openers. You know they're going to be bangers because I don't play games. Um, and I'm just going to be, obviously, it's going to be a mix of old and new material, maybe doing a little improv where I take a suggestion from the audience and then try to work that into something. I'm just trying to get back up on my feet, work some stuff out. So, of course, I come to you, the listeners of CT, who already seem to like the sound of my voice, perhaps <laughs> if you want to come. You know, it's going to be chill. Um as always, I, I humbly uh, yet forcefully do ask that you wear a mask because the last thing I need is to then get sick and not be able to do the rest of the run of shows. I may wear a mask on stage if everybody acting a damn fool, so decide whose face <laughs> you want to see so bad. The person you paid to see? Or young. You decide that, Where's okay? dipshit of the audience. Thank you. So it's the Elysian Theater in LA every Tuesday in May. I believe it's called Working Out Without Sweating, but I'm <laughs> probably going to glisten anyway. So, uh, yeah, now that we're kind of, you know, into April, I figure I can announce that. Yeah, so that's like, good. So, yeah, c- check that out now, now, now. Let's get to our guest. Who is our guest today, Naomi? Our guest, you have already heard her dulcet tones. Mm-hmm. The one, the only, the so sweet mm-hmm. and very exciting Rachel Lee Cook. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yes, Rachel Lee Cook. You know her from Josie and the Pussycats. Yes. You know her from She's All That. You know her from the TV show Perception. Did you know about that one? That was a good one. Okay? She also stars in and produces the new Netflix rom-com A Tourist's Guide to Love, which also stars Missy Pyle and Ben Feldman, oh, which cool. is basically a TV version of Andy Ben Feldman. <laughs> So, you know, this is going to be a fun movie. I love a rom-com. This one, it's like she is, she goes to Vietnam and like gets her groove back. And I'm said, give me an international flavor. This is very exciting. Say that for your other podcast. I love a Netflix movie. (laughs) The movie drops April 21st. So that's just 10 days from now when you're listening Mm, to this. mm -hmm. So mark your cows, add it to the queue. You got to watch A Tourist Guide to Love. But before that, you know what you got to do? You got to listen to Rachel Lee Cook. Roll it. Rachel, as we okay, said before. Okay, newlyweds. I had to it, say it. I had to say it. No, we yes, had yes, to. Yes, this is the first episode we are taping since our wedding 11 days ago. Is that true? 11 days ago. 11 days ago. Yes, March 11th. And so here we are. You know, you can feel the crackling energy after 13 years together. <laughs> newlywed I mean, vibes. You guys, people want to know. Like, what were some surprises? Tell us, like, get, like, walk us through the day. Um, let's see. Talk here. about it, Andy. Surprise! I'm trying to think of if there were any surprises. Here's the thing: we spent seven months of uh, uh, living in a ball of stress in order to make the day not stressful. Except for, well, I mean, we can't. Well, do I'm going to say you want to do anything about our parents. So there's. No, let me tell you the surprise, Rachel. I, I said no think- children. <gasps> and yeah. can I tell you, my cousin's children showed up at this wedding. How old are these children? Four, nine. That's child. Child. Ten. Yeah, Thank absolute you. child. Thank absolute you. child. Ten were on the edge. I'm like, maybe a well-behaved ten, maybe an introverted ten, but maybe. the rest, no. Sorry, no. 
I know children were out here. And I said, you know what? Y'all messy. Because of course, once the day is happening and we started, it's like, well, now I'm kind of in a love bubble. It's like once it's all kind of going, you know, going well, I'm like, okay. Yeah. But I still was like, I will never forget that you have children here. When I said no children. A hundred percent. And they sit on seats. Those seats were not accounted for. They don't just like sit on the ground or under the table. That's unacceptable. (laughs) Not my table. No. I know. Well, also, you know, children just steal focus. They're just running around. Like they're doing flips on the dance floor. It's our day. It's our day. All right. 100% it's your day. We are Hollywood narcissists. So, of course, (laughs) of course, we believe every day is our day in some way. So they didn't have a, obviously they weren't even invited. They didn't have a role in the wedding. That would have been grossly overstating their, their attendance. I Um, know. They tried to, tried to get I love that you guys were like, we are the headliners and the main act and no one else. Mm, Absolutely. (laughs) I love it. We didn't even have um, wedding party. You know, we didn't do like bridesmaids, groomsmen and all that stuff. No, of course. Yes. Yes. That's what I meant to say. You're like, no, no, just us. You don't, Mm -hmm. you you don't need an appetizer here. We're all of it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> now, do you like weddings in general? Like, are you are you into that lovey-dovey energy? Are you like, I'll go to any wedding. This is fun. Yes. I am like, you probably did your research because this is something I am utterly notorious for. I love weddings. I could watch all of those TLC wedding shows. And uh-huh. this is like lightly psychotic coming from a divorced person. Let me just say I'm a happily divorced person. Mm-hmm. I'd say my ex-husband is also a very happily divorced person from... Me, but we'll leave that alone. Um, he, <laughs> I love weddings. You guys, I do not even know my pharmacist's last name. Her name is Maria, and I was just talking to her about her ring, and she told me she was getting married. And I was like, congratulations. And then I asked about it so many times. I got myself <laughs> invited to Maria's wedding. It's sometime oh. next year. Yes. Okay, this is huge. This is I, huge. I'm going. I'm going to bring a gift. I'm going to bring a good gift. I don't yeah. even know who she's marrying, but I'm going to that wedding. <laughs> that is so funny. I'm not a big, I like, like, I like them when I like the people, but I wasn't someone who had a wedding vision, you know? Like, oh. I wasn't like, okay, this is going to be the thing. I know what I like and we put it together, but I wasn't as invested in okay. some of the bigger yeah, it just wasn't my vision. It wasn't my vision. Like, I have a vision of what kind of house I'll own, but okay. I have no vision of what. I didn't know, like, the wedding has to be this. Is it going to have these uh, tan-ish walls? No. Good. No. Okay. We're going to get was a designer not one the vision. day. Okay. We're going to get a designer. But yeah, so I was not, like, big into, I'm not, like, big into weddings. But you probably, you probably had strong feelings about what you knew you didn't want, right? Yeah. Yeah, Where, yeah. like, when those things are floated, you're like, no, I'm not, a, or maybe you are, like, a horse and carriage entry kind of couple. <laughs> that yeah, seems no like children. a no. Okay, no, 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 the no, children. no children. Yeah, yeah no, no horse and carriage, no children. <laughs> I really wanted it to feel, well, we both did. We wanted it to feel relaxed. I think one of the things I don't, sometimes weddings can just feel very stuffy, you know, very formal. Yes, yes. And we didn't Manic. want that. Yeah, or also just like what I said, I don't like watching adults dance like i'm not here for a first <laughs> dance i'm not here for a daddy doctor <laughs> dance like all these things where i'm like why am i watching an adult step touch and we're all yes, supposed to be enamored that makes total sense and yet no children allowed so just no focused on adults dancing people dancing in a yes, general way yes, yes but not tap the glass everyone watch us dance kind of moment yes there were okay, none of those it. there were none there were our, our parents each gave one my dad and her mom gave a speech for 
two minutes each, maybe? Yeah, yeah they were short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that- you gave them those bumpers on time? You were like, tight two. <laughs> yeah, we, we lit them. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Smart. Yeah, we did everything. <laughs> did you guys write your own vows, though? Because as a wedding enthusiast, that's my favorite part. Oh, we did. My goodness. Yes, we did. That's the best part. It is. It is. I think so our, too. Our ceremony, best ceremony I've ever seen. I'm gonna put. I'm just gonna put that out there. I don't wanna. I don't wanna no. uh, be, be, be too haughty, perhaps. Yeah. But I will what? say it's the best ceremony I've ever seen. It was. Uh, it was full of of humor. Yes. Full of love. Yes, humor and heart. We had a friend officiate, which my mother was like, "Is this gonna be legal?" She's <laughs> like, "Yes, it is." <laughs> But it was like again, it was like part of that casual feel, right? And everyone like knowing everybody, so it all worked. Like I was very happy with how it went. It was like twenty minutes, you know, and then get That's right to quick. cocktail hour. Get right to cocktail hour. Guys, I'm a little upset. I wasn't there. I'm not gonna lie to you. You know what? I'm retroactively mad. The next mad. one, we renew our vows. <laughs> yes. Okay, fine, perfect. I'll run into you in a parking lot. You'll ask about my ring, and that's how. <gasps> I'm pretty excited about this day. That's gonna happen. <laughs> um, I have so many. Questions though you got okay. I'm <laughs> like on, okay. Are you, are you so, uh, auditioning to be the new host of Couples? <laughs> I I want to officiate your vow renewal. I want that <laughs> job. I want it bad. Um, no, but this is exciting. No, I know what I was going to say. So you said you knew everybody there. Obviously, it's your wedding, unless your parents like get into wanting to invite their friends, which is a whole other we topic. That That's off. a no too. Okay, well, got we it. limited. We did try to limit those numbers. You know, yes. I think. Us paying for it ourselves is what enabled that to happen. You know what I mean? That's how you. That was that's wise. The that's the only way you get the control. But I feel like also I don't know if you guys agree, but one of the funnest parts about getting married about that day is like seeing people from different pockets of your life meet each other. Like that's such the best part. So who who was that for you guys? Well, does that make you anxious? For me, I'm fine with it because they all relatively have similar interests all the from whether it's my friends from grade school or my friends from comedy or whatever right there there's always things that they can find but Naomi that makes you anxious well no I'm gonna say actually this was my growth I was not worried this time I used to be so nervous about people from different facets of my life meeting but I think Uh that was in large part because I was very compartmentalized Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like I was like, yes. okay, these are the people I talk about this with, and then they can't know that thing, that, <gasps> and that's over now. So I was able to bring people together and like not really worry in a way that I would have. I think in my twenties, I think I was much more like, you can't know this, and this is only for this. Did you ever have that? Do you know what I'm talking about, Rachel? Do you? Okay, okay. Hmm. Are you? A, let, I am let's, like let's very intrigued by your other life that you were living for a while. <laughs> put it that way. It sounds like high school when you're slightly a different version of yourself with each person where you're just like, no, I'm more like, you know, whatever, irreverent with this group, but I'm more like, I, I don't know what. It felt like like that kind of vibe. Yes. Well, Naomi okay. likes to, and tell me if I'm wrong about this, to uh, control the social situation. <sighs> Could you stop it? You can't be telling Rachel that I'd be out here controlling the social situation. <laughs> I want to ask Rachel. You've said, but this is what I I have a question, which is like, is that something that you identify with? When you go into a social situation, are you more like, all right, whatever happens, happens? Or are you like, well, I know with this person, I know what I need to talk about or what I want to talk about, what I can't talk about. And uh, I can't get near, uh, I can't cross those boundaries. So hypothetically, someone whose name is maybe Naomi, maybe does something like that. Is what I feel like you're saying, Andy. Hypothetically, like, and I'm asking, do you right. identify with that, or is that where, where where do you fall on this? 
spectrum, uh, let's say. I do have something that if I need to talk about it, it's coming out. It's happening. We're talking about it. Unless somebody just went through something really bad, they have to. They're going to be subjected to my drama. That is, <laughs> that will happen. But I, I like, I like to have a social. Every couple has a social director, by the way, and you're the social director. Like everybody knows who to call in the couple to make plans, and that's yes. you. Like yes. that's that's great. Yes, that's true. So. I think, but I will. I think, for instance, like I, if anything, my friends, everyone's, you know, the, it's uh. The whole mixed melange group of people, it's all good. It's actually my family that I'm not very emotionally close with. Like, okay. I felt like they learned more about our relationship at oh, the wedding sure. than they knew before. Because yeah. I don't talk to them in that way. Sure. Well, clearly they haven't earned that. <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't do know. Have, just throwing it out there. Do you have boundaries with your parents? Like, <laughs> yeah, are you guys close? Are you friends? Like, would you just talk to them to be like, hey, what's going on? And here's what's going on with me. I have those kind of parents who, oh my God, I'm going qu- to quote the Rachel Bloom interview that you guys did where she goes, I have parents who Google me, so let me think about what I'm saying right now. <laughs> <laughs> mm. uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, I, my dad, <clears throat> dad, you would not disagree with this, I know. He, uh, he worries as, uh, he I think worrying is like his love language. Like he worries about me so actively and so thoroughly so as to have predicted every disaster. Uh So that do I – wait, how exactly did you phrase that again? Do you like – boundaries with your parents. Do I have boundaries? Yes. I have to – sorry, exactly. The word boundaries is totally the the key word here. Yes, I have – my boundary with my dad is that I try – try. I think part of me stokes the fire sometimes. But like (laughs) – because I want him to actively care about me. It's a vicious cycle, circle, <laughs> circle. And so I try, my boundary with him is to not mm. stoke his anxiety by telling mm-hmm. him too many details. But do I just talk to them freely about things? Yes. And probably too much. They probably screen my calls. Like that's just, <laughs> that's who I am. I don't know what to do about it. No, but that's so good. Was that always the case? Did you ever have no. your like, okay, so this yeah. is part of no, adulthood. Yeah, and I am very curious about your guys' experience. But yeah, like growing up, my parents were, they were like, we are your parents. We are not going to try to be your peer. Mm-hmm. We're not going to like try to hang with you and your friends. We're your parents. That's our role. Not to make them sound uptight. They're not. They're very like eccentric kind of funny people. But yeah, that just wasn't our dynamic. And now that I'm an a- adult who is bad at adulting and still needs my parents sometimes, we have a much more... um you know, yeah, communicative and personal relationship, I think, in that way. That's Tell me your stories, you guys, because that was too much about me. <laughs> no, I remember I, the mom thing. No, I mean, I think it was because I agree. My mom was definitely like, I am your mother. I am not your friend. Right. 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 But definitely not. I am your friend. Okay. <laughs> but I, I also think something that I've thought a lot about and talked a lot about in like, you know, actual therapy is that it is hard. It depends on the parent how well they're able to pivot into their child as an adult right Mm. like i think some parents are better at okay you're your own independent person now right what you do with your life obviously i care and i'm invested but it's not something that i have any say in anymore yeah yeah i think i think my mother has struggled with that just being on the other end i think both of our parents (sighs) both your parents both of my parents and your mom i'm kind of curious because you had like real jobs as like when I was working at Pathmark stocking milk, you were 
working actual jobs. Did that change the relationship in any way with your parents? You had an actual job. Somebody had to put those things on the shelves, and you are the person directly responsible if they do not get on that shelf. Like, it's not... Sure. But I can't, I could not, I guess I couldn't support myself if uh, working at Pathmark, whereas you were working in a, in a industry where you could uh, theoretically support yourself at that point. And I wonder if that changes the dynamic with your parents at all. Um, okay. My brain is a little bit like a squirrel, like kind of thing. And all I can, (laughs) I, that I just need to say out loud is that Pathmark sounds like a rebrand of Scientology or the landmark forum. (laughs) I don't understand. Yes. I don't understand how that's a real establishment and I will be Googling it later. I just had to say that out loud. Um, did that change my dynamic with my parents? I think that, well, they were just a really good guiding force in the sense that they were like, we don't know if this thing's going to stick. So they were mm-hmm. like, we're just going to keep being your parents through this whole thing. We are not going to be like, well, you know, she's making good money. See ya. Uh-huh. Um, I did have the moment where I came home and they had like turned my bedroom into a guest room, like without warning that that movie moment happened to me. Oh a little my God. So that's fine. So, um, <laughs> Wait, how old were you? How old I'll were you? be okay. How old were you when that happened? Um, let me see. I think I was 17. So it's like, yes, okay. I was about to be a legal adult and I'm sure that I acted all of, you know, like in my twenties thought I was very grown up, but I didn't know that the moment was coming. Yeah. So yeah. Mm-hmm. funny enough, I feel most at home in homes that have like very eighties kind of touches. Like that's the uh-huh. only way I know for a house to feel like a home is if it yeah, feels yeah. like my childhood. So yeah. I, I don't know. That was just a random bit of trivia. If that <laughs> makes way, any sense. No, it does. Your that's fine was one of the most rich that's <laughs> fine I've ever heard in my life. No, it but told. I'm every cliche about a woman being like, I'm fine and it's not. <laughs> it told volumes. Oh, but I relate oh. to that though. Cause there was one, it was Thank this, you. it was spring break, junior year of college. I come home and I was, and I gotten in late. Like it was a late flight and I come in, I turn on the light to what was mm-hmm. my room and it had yep. been turned into an office <gasps> and no one told me. And I was like. Literally, you know, especially because like it's late, where it's like I just wanted to fall into bed. Like that's what I was thought I was doing, and so like I flip on the light, and then I'm like, "Ma!" I'm like really loud because I was like sleep in a desk chair, and she's like, and she goes, "You're only here for the week. You can sleep on the couch." Mm. But you're like, fine. how did this? I completely relate. Was there like a large desktop computer? Like yes, yes, it was oh like a big, God. it was like ergonomic whole, chair. Like yes, like, yep. yes. how yes. dare they? <laughs> and I was like. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, and they didn't even tell you as like a here's something I'm proud of that I did this week, like that you had no warning. Literally, just had to be like, what house am I in? Did I did something happen for a minute? That's not okay. I know it's like ice in your veins because it's like I turn on the light and I was like, cool, everything is altered. And then and then as always, she was like, what's the big deal? I was like, what? (gasps) What's the big deal, ma'am? You could have just told me at least, and then I would have emotionally prepared. Being like, okay, I'm going to be home for the week and I'm just going to like sleep on the couch. But I didn't know it was coming. I didn't know it was coming. I'm so, so on know. your side on this. So, thank, so I understand, you know, the guest room situation, the office situation. <laughs> my parents just slowly turned my childhood room into both storage. And the last time I was there, there were like three different litter boxes in there <laughs> because their cat was picky. One cat, by the way. <laughs> And just three different litter boxes and the wow. floor covered in a plasticky stuff to catch the litter. You know what? Everything I else don't want to say that you're a one-upper, Andy, but you kind of are because that is worse than what happened to us. At least our parents didn't turn our rooms into a litter box. 
true. Yeah, that's, it, it, that's not had, okay. Yeah, it had real Grey Gardens vibes. Oh my god! And it's never a surprise. Like when someone has a cat, like you know, you know about it. You know what I mean? Like what's no. that joke? You're never like, no way, a cat lives here. Like you know. <laughs> <sighs> Wait, Rachel, we're gonna uh, uh, get into people's uh, relationship questions. Oh, I so, can't wait. Uh, I know you said happily divorced, so maybe we can either go before that or <laughs> are you dating now? But like where like yeah, what whatever you want to share you are okay. you're you're okay to share about are you dating now? I am dating. I really feel like I I don't know the rules of it at all, you guys. And you've been now been together for so long. I feel like you're probably picking things up from doing this show for so long, but it is, it's the Wild West out there. Like back when I feel like I, you know, was sort of new to the dating scene and a very, very young adult. I got married at 24, by the way, do not recommend. And um, yeah, zero, zero Yelp stars. Not a great idea. And although it was a blast, it was a great, great party. Um, and he's a good person, but whatever. And so I, I just feel like when I first started dating, the way things progress is you go on a date with someone, you like them, you go on another date, and then you guys are dating and then just everyone else just sort of naturally fell away there was no like sort of active social media to sort of contend with or you know sort of be a barometer of like oh wait a second is your partner as single as you thought that they were are they still in touch with their ex are they still talking to other people there wasn't this sort of like you know vast landscape of other you know pitfalls out there for for you to, to meet and imagine and now I am just doing the best I can to navigate it. And I'll probably be texting you guys for advice later as I try to figure and it I out. And I will give it. I will tell you, I will tell you also really would you quickly, the fact that you did That would that, make the, me so happy. No, but I'll tell you, because I will tell you when to cut somebody off. Like, that's the Ooh. problem. Because to me, I believe in nothing else but my, my one of my minds, anyone worth your time uh-huh. will not need to be convinced. And so there is the work of that's like, true. we're two adults and it may okay. take time to match up our schedules and like mm-hmm. make time for each other. But like right. the moment it feels like somebody is like not giving you like, you know, um, overt signals of interest. Right. Get them out of here. We ain't got time for these games. Yeah. I hate like the idea of like ugh, waiting for someone to text you back in this and that, that, that feels really bad. So I, yeah. yeah, I work in this industry where often you have to, especially in the, you know, the last iteration of my career where I was only acting. You're just constantly waiting for a yes. And one of the biggest problems with being an actor is that it, there's so much no that it makes you look for yes in other places. You're just like, I need people to say yes to me. I need the universe to say yes to me. I need someone to let me in a traffic or I take it personally. (laughs) Like there's just so much no that it makes you look for it everywhere else, especially your personal life. Um, because Uh, we are bottomless pits of need. But anyway. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. (laughs) But yeah, but like, okay, I'm going to hit you up for advice right now. What? Do people do now when you are dating someone and things are relatively serious, you know, in Mm -hmm. personal arenas, but you haven't had the conversation? What does that mean? Are you just, you're like, I'm still single? It's confusing, right? I see. So you're saying like without having the conversation, Mm -hmm. does that mean you're still single? Right. Because I think you still are. Yeah. Right. 
I think you still are too if there hasn't been a discussion. But here's the question. Right. Do you want that discussion to take place or no? Like, are you fine with the invitation? This is all, let's just say, this is incredibly hypothetical. I've just hypothetical. landed yes, myself yes, yes, in yes. this no, situation no, no. Let's here say and open. there. Well, wait, wait, wait. Let's Let me ask. Say. Are you comfortable in gray areas? I am not. So I I do. am not, Andy. I'm not that comfortable. Yeah. That's the good question. You guys are very good. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's, so, that's where yes. a lot of my anxiety comes from is right. in living in ambiguity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is most of modern life. <laughs> which is exists. That is so true. Or, you know, I, I'm even okay with something seeming like a bridge to another place, but I would like to know if I even want to go to that other place. It is Absolutely. very confusing, you guys. I know. I know. It's really, it's such a, but I know what you're saying about, um, as you said, like we are in this industry, you know, that mm-hmm. is constantly saying no or constantly saying nothing whatsoever. Because I think lately I've been in my head about the world of self tapes where like I send it in and I'm like, did anyone even download it? Did anyone even get it? <sighs> yes. Like, that's even, so that's that is of- so stressful. That it just feels like, why did I just shout something into a void? Did I? Or when you can even tell that they didn't watch it. I just want to say, on behalf of the universe, you did a great job. And good for you for doing that. And that was not just a thought exercise on your part. Thank you. Good Thank for you. you. Okay, we're going to be clipping it. Play that on loop. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. But I, but I know... but. I think that is what can be so tricky, right? The work of separating this part of things from the interpersonal part of things. Like not letting what this does to us then impact our interactions with other people. That's interesting. I never never thought of that before. That the massive amount of no's that you get in the entertainment industry then pushes you to seek acceptance in other places. Yeah, well, this is so many other places. For instance, I get like when my mom will try to like give me feedback on my on what I should be doing. Where I'm like, Ma, you have no idea. Like it's dark in my head. Like I actually don't (laughs) need to hear anything else. Even though of course it's meant to be helpful, but because it's like Mm. it's already like the call is coming from inside the house. We don't (laughs) need it. We don't need any more feedback. Oh my god, you guys! It was. Oh, they, for I wanted to, the the handle is too long, so it can't be done. But if you guys can help me think of the abbreviation, we need to start the Twitter handle "Career Advice from My Parents" that people can just randomly <laughs> add Ooh. to, please. Yes, uh, yes. Ooh. My friend that, came that out here me. to be an actress, and her dad was like, "You don't want to do that uh, that acting stuff. You know what you should do." You should uh, you should be a writer on that Mad Men show. You would be good at that. She was like, "Excuse me, like what?" Great, thanks, Dad. Yeah, who's in apparel in Scottsdale? Wonderful, great advice. Right? Okay, the handle should be. You know what you should do. That's ah, the handle. You know what you should do. You're that's what good. they always say. That's what they yes. always say. And yes. then it's just yeah, because because you know my, you should write a letter to Oprah. That's yes. what your mom said. Right? My mom used to tell me she goes, "Why don't you write Oprah?" Or I should write Whoopi. So I should write either one of them, and then it would come together. I, I'm so confused. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure I know she's a nice person <laughs> yeah, who clearly yeah, cares uh-huh. about you for sure. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm oh, leaving that baffled goodness. pause in there. By the way, <laughs> that baffled pause is is staying in there. Yeah, I. I am literally speechless. I no, no, <laughs> not she, not even like an advice column. Just random no, people just, who just seem like, like they're doing good at life. Okay, you know what? Sure, yeah. why not? Yeah, why was, not? Was dating in your early twenties easier <laughs> than now? <laughs> 
I just feel like I it's just kind of all hitting me at once, you guys, how you've got like a divorced person potentially about to give relationship advice. No, but it's a bad idea. But it's no, you know what? You know all the different aspects. It's true. And it's true. You're thriving, right? If you were like, thank you, I'm divorced, and I'm just hanging on every day. We might say pivot. We (laughs) might say pivot. Right. But you said you seem emotionally healthy, y'all. Rachel's nails are did okay. She is smiling. She is open. Yes, I so appreciate you guys. This is going great. Also, what was the question? I was. I'm curious because, like young Hollywood, like young Hollywood, going to the Viper oh, Room. Right. I don't know what you're talking about. Yes, my, my I know what different. you're talking about. Hundred percent. Yes. Was it easier then? Yes, it was easier because also like time is on your side. Like time is this X factor. That is now, like, it is the most precious and limited resource, this, that, and the other. You just don't realize that's the grace of being in your 20s. You just have all the time in the world to to fail and feel your freedom, you know? It's a beautiful thing. Were you someone in your 20s, again, having gotten married young? Like, I know, for instance, I was somebody who always wanted a relationship. I was the kind Mm, of girl, like, I was listening to Ani DeFranco. I was having emotional attachments to people who were not having it. (laughs) Like, were you that? Or were you like, I'm young, I'm having fun, no pressure, And then Um, something comes into your life, you know? No, we're the same person. I'm a person who wants a partner. Like, that's that's okay. It's not that I can't be alone. I'm a person who likes to have a partner. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. I think so, too. And I think it's easier when you have to medicate the cat. One person holds the cat and the other has to squeeze the syringe into their mouth. Yeah, that's what we did on our wedding night. We had to come back (laughs) home and medicate the the cat. And then went to the hotel we were staying at. (laughs) We were like, oops, he needs his medicine. He needs his medicine. So, so spicy, you guys. is spicy. I mean, that must be a pretty strong cat also, because you oh, can yeah. also, I've medicated the cat alone, and this just seems like a euphemism for something else, so can we please stop talking about it? Medicate the cat. Yeah, medicated the cat alone <laughs> if you get my drift. It's like, no, I don't actually. What is it? <laughs> I don't get what you're saying. But wait, when, okay. Uh, okay. Again, whatever you're comfortable talking about, but no, after please. the divorce, when did yeah. you start dating again? Well, we were in a whole um, pandemic. It's been a whole pandemic. So I feel like it was a whole time. pandemic. Yes. And I quarantined with my ex for a while. And there should be a show called that, except it would be, <laughs> it would be on the true crime network. And <laughs> that is fine. <clears throat> um, I, how long was it? It was, I would say maybe like th- probably like three or so months. Not, I wasn't like, conscientiously taking that time. I think I just uh, honestly didn't know how to begin. And then I remember a friend invited me to a party and I was just like, I'm just going to try to put on a cute outfit and talk to strangers. And Mm -hmm. that, that works. If you can just do that, you can, you can at least meet some nice people. Yes. Is is how that went. Um, But it was crazy. I remember because, again, I was living with my ex while we both started dating. We had that kind of, yes, we had to have that kind of hilarious moment where I remember him going on one of his first dates and like seeing him come down the stairs, like, you know, in a sharp new like leather jacket and being like, you look great. Like, I don't like, like, he's, like he's going to prom and you're the parent. Yes. <laughs> you're like, you're doing good. You're doing good, sweetie. 
<laughs> I just could stop laughing. He was just like, just don't. Just <laughs> please, just don't even, like, neither of us wanted the moment to be happening, but it was yeah. kind of hilarious and wonderful at the same time. And now he's dating someone who I really like a lot. She's such a value add to our family. Like, I just, I love that. she's great. She's that's truly so, great. That's so nice. Now, my question, though, because you sound so well-adjusted. Thank Are you. Are you someone who's friends with therapy? Do you have a mental health professional in your life? Uh, yes. Her name is also Rachel, though that was not a requirement. I talked to her <laughs> at 10 a.m. this morning. She okay. is excellent. Shout we out to Rachel. We are Hollywood narcissists, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, you were like, I feel a connection to you, Rachel. But that's okay. So that's good. Now, had you been in therapy? Have you been along? Like, when did that start for you? Was that early adulthood, childhood? <clears throat> when was that journey? You know, I've had, let me see. I think I've had at least three different therapists in my life. I never mean to recast per se, but whenever I feel like I need <laughs> like a hard, a hard, you know, sort of start or to, you know, just tackle a different issue. Just sometimes, I don't know, it's sort of organically happened. One of the hardest, um, things actually, and people don't talk about this a lot, but I, one of, one of my therapists passed away, which was oh, wow. incredibly hard. And I didn't sort of realize, um, how, how hard that was going to hit me. Yeah. Uh, she was a, much, much older person, which is part of why I loved her because she had this total irreverence toward like therapy, uh, protocol. Like she would just <laughs> full on give her opinion sometimes. <laughs> and just was like, she had a kind of like, take my license, what kind of attitude <laughs> about it. And that's why I adored her so much. And I had gone away for about a year, um, cause my ex was working in Canada. So we lived there. And then I came back and we had just sort of, it was, you know, sort of presuming that. And I was sort of just being a mom of a very uh, young baby and sort of fell out of therapy. And I called her to sort of restart and didn't hear back. And I didn't hear back. And I got really afraid because I was like, it became like a Schrodinger's cat thing, you know, where I'm like, if I just don't know, then maybe she's okay. Maybe she just doesn't want to talk to me anymore because I'm abrasive and I can take that up with my next therapist. <laughs> but eventually I got too curious and I remembered that I had like a professional distant connection to her stepson. And so I called him up and I was like, Hey Dave, blast from the past. Uh, <clears throat> how's your uh, stepmom doing? And he goes, how do you know my stepmom? I was like, <laughs> by the way, she's like probably 89 years old. I was like, we're on the same people <laughs> team, Dave. Like, how do you think I know your stepmom? Right, right. Um, he was like, Oh no, I'm sorry. She passed. And it was so, it was so hard. I just really yeah. I feel like she was the only person who could have gotten me through that and she was gone. And, um, oh that gosh. was really, really hard. So that's how I found, uh, my new therapist, Rachel. So that I went, sort of uh, looking after that, but yeah. she's been absolutely wonderful and she is younger than me and I've had to throw out my wow. bias towards what? much older therapists. Yep, You're talking I know. to a younger person? Ooh, I don't know. If I, I, don't, do I, don't I, I know. I could do it. Right? I believe me, she... <laughs> I sound like a guy in his 50s dating a 19-year-old where I'm like, but she's very mature. <laughs> I don't yeah, I got know. a May December romance with my. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's okay, but it's, I'm very glad you found her. Did you go? Was but, it a yeah. process for you? It's funny because, like, I, I guess I'm still calling her new. My therapist, she's yes. like new to me still. Wait, can I ask the 
doesn't someone go through if a therapist passes away? Don't they go through their client list and call everyone? But if Rachel hasn't seen not. her in a year, though, yeah, she I hadn't seen, her, seen in her, year, her in a year. She might not have been on the list. Yeah, <sighs> that's the thing. I know. I bet you call everyone. Anyone they've go ever back, known. Go back a year or two in that, go back a few. In that client yeah. list. Anyway, sorry. I don't know what to do. No, that would they, be tough, though, too, Andy. Because if it's like, yeah, hey, I know you haven't called for a while, but I was just hoping <laughs> to drop some upsetting news. <laughs> sorry. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Naomi, upsetting ahead. news from a phone call, though. Well, no, I'm talking about the oh, therapist. Oh, yes. From the a therapist call. choosing process. Like, I feel like it's been in- – it was – I was really picky about the people I called initially, you know, like reaching out to. Like, I kind of, like, see if I could, like, suss out from their website or something. Like, okay, are they a good fit-ish? You know, get kind of close. Mm-hmm. And then try to have a couple of, you know, what is it, um, introductory phone calls to kind of figure out what their personality was Intake. like. Intake. Yeah, like, where you're like, okay, what do you, you know. And certainly a lot of them, you know, it's hard finding a therapist nowadays, honey. They're very busy. This is the They're time. extremely busy. And what did you say that made you go, okay, I think you're the one? You know, it it was really just initially she was the first person because her website had a really intense intake form. Like you really had to explain a lot almost before that. And so for her, one of the things was that she was like, I do that form to see how serious you are. Because people mm. who don't want – who are like going through something but don't necessarily want to do the work, they're not going to answer all those questions. And that's the first thing for me, which I thought was like, oh, that's a very smart hack. Because like, I really did sit there because I was at this point where I was like, I need someone. I need help. I'm just going to put it all out there. And I was like, I've been in therapy a long time. I am sick of talking. I need mm-hmm. to figure out what to do. Yes. Like, I, I just kind of put that out. And so just her where she was like, you know, I am very busy right now, but your answer is really connected with me. And so I would like, I would like us to have a talk, you know, like have some sessions. And I was like, okay, nice. it's more intense than dating. Well, it is. This is a person who's supposedly going to help you with yourself. And you have to know that they know what they're talking about. Rachel, what was more difficult? 100%. Finding, going on dates now or <laughs> finding your new therapist? Which was more difficult? Um, I feel like my therapist was slightly easier to find because it was before the pandemic. If I had to either find, if I either had to find a good date or a therapist this week, 100% therapist would be easier, (laughs) but only because of telehealth. Right, right, right. Absolutely. Of course. Absolutely. Yeah. I found my person, this was like last year. And so it was Mm -hmm. like, and even when I was looking at the beginning of the pandemic where they're like, honey, we are booked up. Everybody's struggling. So I had to wait a good until like 2022 where she's like, I have an opening. I'm like, okay, thank goodness. But she responded to your application. I would take that as a major, I I would be very flattered by that. I totally understand why you felt that I know. I have the right kind of crazy. It feels meaty, but also doable. (laughs) That's what I think. She was like, I could help. I could help, but there's a lot to get into here. Well, I have a question. Did you feel like you were tempering your answers because you wanted to seem like a good hang? Like not, not like <laughs> nope. fun. No, not like fun problems. Not like this is going to be like more of a gossip session than like a solving session. But you weren't like help. You know what I mean? No, no, no. I was pretty like like especially. I think especially when I said I go. You know, I'm not here to sit and talk about all the things my parents did. Like I want. I literally. I go. Went to a white school, dad absent drug addict, baseline. Can we get into okay. it? Like, I literally was like, yes. I'm not playing with you. <laughs> yes. That is excellent. Yeah. I said, you we got time for this. You are good at therapy. Let well, me just honey, pay you I'm that trying to be because I'm not well. <laughs> um, okay. So now we know where Rachel's coming from. Yeah. Now I think we can answer some questions because yeah. now we have the background. Ooh. Oh, yeah. my goodness, you guys. Okay. Here we go. Okay. 
So why don't we take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to answer your advice questions. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And we're back with Rachel Lee Cook, honey, here to help you handle your scandal. Rachel is out here loving life. Okay, doing her living life, loving life, doing her best, showing up to the podcast saying, I don't know, but I'm here. And that's the energy we need. (laughs) Now, Rachel, people come to us, honey. We get the DMs, we get emails, we get voicemails. Oh, okay. I always prefer a voicemail, you guys. So as always, Mm. call us up 323-524-7839. Now, Rachel, I pick... I, I try to pick stuff that uh, makes sense for guests. Sometimes I just pick randomly. This was one of those times, but I have a feeling based on what we talked about that this makes a lot of sense. Okay. So, wow. Okay. Let's, I'm let's so listen. excited. Okay. Let's listen to this voicemail. Hi, Andy and Naomi uh, and guest. You always have the best guests. Uh, my pronouns are she, her. Um, I'm a big fan of the show and I've even told my therapist about how helpful I found it in making me think differently about things and also in making me brave as I start working on finding my person to be my partner. Um, So quick backstory, I've never really done relationships. I'm in my early 30s and spent my 20s after university figuring stuff out. Um, Some of that was fun and good, like uh, investing in friendships and being slutty and building my career, (laughs) which I'm pretty happy with right now. Um, But some of that was scary and hard, like, um, you know, my lesbian crisis and coming to terms with the fact that, you know, being just queer is fine. Um, And, uh, you know, working on my alcohol problems, childhood depression, or childhood trauma and depression and all that fun stuff. Uh, My question uh, is that I thought that you folks might have some good advice um, now that I'm dating around. Uh, about like when you're first starting to get to know someone, how 
how do you know how to trust your gut and like if you're self-sabotaging and making up excuses to stop hanging out with them um or like whether it's real and you can just trust that something just isn't there and you should move on um yeah so thanks for helping me be brave and any tips and for always making me laugh and uh tell mabel i say hi uh goodbye mabel's our dog okay okay Okay, trusting your gut when dating now we did not realize you were going to have a dating story of your own you know dating journey of your own um have you how yeah how's that gut trusting process been um definitely a process for sure um i think the expectations that we put on our first meeting with someone are monumental and it sounds like this very sweet caller who sounds so self-aware and so smart and sensitive and like they've conquered so much already i'm very impressed by the person who just called in um it sounds like they're doubting a little bit of their own past decisions or something like that. So mm. maybe they're not trusting their instincts in general. Um, mm-hmm. Do I trust my instincts in general? I don't know, but I have gotten better at lightening expectation so that I have more time to do what I like to call in a very clinical, not romantic sounding way, but I just call it information gathering. Um, (laughs) It's okay to be in an information gathering stage and to, I think, not say to yourself like, well, why don't I feel a little bit more about this person? Yeah. Or, you know, why am I over investing in this so quickly? You know, what does the butterflies being gone too soon mean or any number of things? It's so easy to just sort of want all of the answers. Like I think you and I want to do Andy. We don't like the gray and I think that the caller doesn't either. So maybe that's what's going on. I like this idea of information gathering. I think, I think you're right. I think it's like, going in and sort of what you were saying earlier too where you were like i'm just gonna go to a party and meet people and at the very least i make some friends i think it is instead of going in being like is this person about to be the one it's more like yeah hopefully we'll have a nice coffee hopefully we'll have a fun conversation you know making taking some of the pressure off what the moment is and what that person is supposed to be um yeah especially because i also feel like like, okay, for instance, like, I remember, like, if a guy was, like, really into me immediately, what it turned out is they just really wanted to have sex. This was, again, mm. of course, back in my 20s and my youth when I was young and full of life. Um, <laughs> um, but initially, I was like, whoa, this person really likes me. And really, think about it, they don't know me yet. Mm. Why do they have such a strong reaction before I've actually shown them myself? You are pretty great. Let's just, let's well, not let you honey, run too far afield with sweet. that. That's very sweet. Clip that out, too, Andy. Um, <laughs> But it is that feeling of, it's like, it does take time to get to know a person to have the feelings for them. Certainly you can meet someone and go, oh, you're cute, right? Like, we can all say cute and funny pretty quickly. But in terms of like, oh, this is someone I want to spend all my time with, that comes way later. Um, I think it's also about being present. And, Mm. and And I say that because this person does sound like they've done a lot of work, as you already pointed out. It's like, there is a difference between, like... Rather, check into how this person makes you feel. Mm -hmm. When you are with them, you know, certainly there can be nervousness. 
But is that a nervousness out of you not having a lot of practice or a nervousness that is born out of them not being particularly warm? Yes. You know what I mean? Like you can kind yes. of find, okay, what am I responding to here? Is this a me thing or a them thing? Mm-hmm. And that can help you figure out like, okay, this person doesn't really make me feel good. Or this person's like not very forthcoming or they're not very patient or they're not, they don't yeah. laugh at my jokes. You or they can, smell bad. Or they smell bad. <laughs> And you can assess all of that. That's all part of that, I think, information gathering. The fact-finding mission of how do I feel when I'm around them. Completely. That's perfectly said. That is perfectly said. And it's – did you get the feeling that also – that the – do we call them caller? That sounds like an old-timey radio show. makes me happy. (laughs) Did you get the feeling that the caller was saying, why do I feel like I have to talk myself – into these into liking these people like i feel like i'm talking myself into saying yes to something Mm. when really my my gut reaction from that was they don't actually like most of these people but they're (laughs) turning up right on paper so i think that she's saying why don't i like them why don't i feel more that was my gut reaction takeaway did you sense that i want to know from the caller and i'm answering your question through this question do they trust their gut normally mm. or or is this the only arena in which they are not trusting their gut? Because if if your whole life is a mess and you're not trusting your gut in any and you can't be like uh, my compass is off or whatever in any place, whether it's like picking a restaurant or a partner, uh, then I would say maybe take some more time. Maybe don't get into dating and take some more time and figure yourself out. And figure out your compass. I think that's the thing. If you think you have, if your gut's good, if you got a good gut, if you got good gut biome, <laughs> if you got a good gut biome, yep. All right, and all that stuff is, uh, all of it is, uh, is uh, whirring and moving. Uh, <laughs> then, then I think you can trust your gut in this particular arena. And you can, if they're like, I don't know, I, I used to give people two dates. Mm. Now I went on a, I've said this in many other episodes, but I went on a series of very boring OkCupid okay dates before I met <laughs> Naomi. And uh, I would be like that first date. I'm like, eh, we didn't seem to have much chemistry, but I guess I'll give it a second date just to see. Mm-hmm. By the second date, if it's still you know. no chemistry, yeah. And who knows right. if even and they wanted to go on a second date with me? If they're right. but they're going, they don't have to like it. <laughs> You're gonna be at their door, and they kidding. will come out. Um, but also, I, but but you know, she said though she did talk about being self sabotagey. So I do oh, think that's yeah. a good thing, and I think especially when talking about mm. you know depression, childhood trauma, mm-hmm. alcohol use, those are all things that do that do affect your judgment, right? Like certainly when I'm in a depressed funk, I think everything's terrible. So mm-hmm. you see things in that lens, and it's like, well, is it terrible, or is it, am I just in a fucking mood, right? So about kind of saying, okay, now, and that's what I mean. I'm like, this is one of those things where it's like, you take it slow. That first date should be no more than an hour. And like, you just kind of have a little conversation and then you step back. It's like, okay, great. Nice to meet you. And then you kind of think, okay, what did I like about this person? What didn't gathering. I like? Exactly. Like, that's what you're doing. Like, that's exactly what you have to be doing. And so I think it's about taking it slow, checking in with yourself. Because I, I also think that is also one of those things that you can kind of only learn by doing, right? You do have mm-hmm. to practice what it is to meet a person, introduce yourself to them while taking in their information and assessing whether you want to see them again. It's just a practice thing. That is a ton. That it is, is. A ton. <laughs> I mean, it's too much. It well, wait, is too Rachel, much. And yeah. Can I ask, is there either pre-marriage or now post, 
was is there ever a line that you know you're like uh, this person i know this person is is crappy so i'm gonna stop dating them or yeah do they wear tevas do they <laughs> like what is the thing where you go no thank you it is a versatile indoor outdoor shoe um <laughs> there are certain th- there are certain things and i think that this probably relates a little bit to the collar like i think that there are good bumpers that you learn to set up that i have that i've sort of learned about now and I didn't necessarily encounter them when I was younger, but like a bumper that I've set up for myself in terms of someone I can't date is someone who, um, whose life is very, very complicated, just deep. It's just so many, so many levels of complication where I can't go, you know what? I feel bad for this person. This person needs somebody, but they are, a wonderful person, a funny person, a smart, caring, successful person who is dealing with a ton, whose life mm. is, you know, on fire in different pockets for whatever reasons, even outside of their own control. That is something that I've learned that I cannot sign up for. And I, and I won't, I will not invest. Um, I will not take steps towards that. Mm-hmm. And I think that like the caller was saying, like, they have navigated so many things in their lives from, like you said, alcohol, depression, uh, you know, not trusting their own gut. The, <laughs> the, the, uh, quickly mentioned lesbian crisis, just they have seen so many things that I feel like they are now a prime target to feel centered in themselves and go, okay, I'm looking for a partner, but to find a partner who's again, life is on fire because they feel like stable and ready for it. But it's Mm. like, yeah, that's, that's definitely something that I've set up for myself. I'm like, no, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that again. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's just one answer to a much larger question. I'm rambling. I'm sorry. No, no, no. no, That's great. No, I I like that as a, like, Hey, if this person is living in a house that's on fire, maybe I should not join them. Right. I shouldn't yeah. move into that house. <laughs> it but doesn't it's like matter so... if they're great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, but that's but that's that's smart though cuz I don't even know if I I don't know if I even I don't think I've had that wherewithal. Like or I don't know cuz like I didn't. Right. I didn't have I mean when I was younger. But or but even like friends, like I'll be like, you know, cuz I am the kind of person who's like, okay, let's get into like I met someone at a party who was like telling me all about their divorce and that's my idea of a good time where I was like Tell me everything, sis. Do you need me yes. to come get you? Can we drive you to a safe house? Like I will get into your business. I will take. Me I will too. take I'm that. So nosy. Oh yeah. my god. And I'm like, well, what else you gonna like that? I, that's the information I want at a party. Not like, what are you working on? Like exactly. that's the stuff that like. Exactly. Thank you. you know. Exactly. I know, like that horrible expression, like smart people talk about ideas and like not as smart people talk about other people. I'm like, well, that's me. Here we go. Oh well. <laughs> Okay. Oh wait, there's one tier under that people who talk about themselves, which is not what I'm doing. So I fully hate it. This, no, you guys, you're this doing great. We have another cue though. Let's Ooh, get into yay. it because they need us. Okay. They need great. us. Okay, this is a. Oh, this comes to us from Gmail. Okay, Ooh. okay. Do you want to read this? Sure. Okay. Hi, Andy, Naomi, animal family members. Thank you, and esteemed guests, Rachel. <laughs> I called in a few weeks ago about my almost 64 year old parents who are getting divorced. I realized that I didn't really sum up how complex this situation feels in a short voicemail, so I gathered my thoughts and wanted to email instead. A little bit about me. I'm a 36-year-old woman, she, her. I, too, married my Jubu, and we are happily child-free. We love dogs, are recently grieving the loss of our 11-year-old dog, Mm. but I'm happy to say we have adopted a cranky senior gentleman dog. (laughs) Um, I recently said this to someone and they thought I was taking care of a neighbor when I said it's a cranky senior gentleman uh, who is helping us heal and giving us a new challenge. 
I'm also a nurse who is exhausted by the pandemic, the general public, and I'm managing my own OCD and depression. Mm. My parents turned 64 this year, have been unhappily married for 38 years, oh, no. and have finally decided to get divorced. This came as absolutely no surprise to me. It probably should have happened long ago, but a combination of Catholic guilt and obligation to, quote, stay together for the ki- kids, end quote, almost certainly kept them together longer than was probably healthy. To 64. I know. Mm-hmm. The way I found out was last February when my father called me out of the blue ranting about my mother, claiming her mental health is in decline and she won't get help, calling her lazy, a liar, fat shaming her, though he wouldn't categorize his language this way, yelling and even becoming tearful. Whew. He also claims that she has cheated on him over the years with at least two other men. I let him rant, then immediately started setting boundaries, which I've had to reinforce with three other phone calls from him. I'm sorry you guys are going through this. You deserve empathy and support. You cannot call me to talk about one another, so please find a friend, sibling, therapist to talk to. That's very helpful. I know. I'm very proud of you. That's huge. Of note. I doubt the validity of what he is accusing my mother of, but I don't really care what's true as they both have been manipulative over the years. My mother is a whole nother mess. From the time I was a teenager, she has talked to me or to others in front of me in way too much detail about their fights and issues. Other than the recent unloading phone calls, my dad was always more tight-lipped about their problems. In my 20s, I finally realized how unhealthy these conversations with my mother were and told her they couldn't happen anymore. I've recently found out that because I've had these conversations with her in the past, she uses my name in arguments with my dad to make it sound like I'm on her side. I've set the same boundaries with her for the divorce, and she's respectful of them. I've just started setting boundaries with my parents, and I love it. <laughs> it's nothing like this, but just like any kind of boundary I can set with them, it's I'm addicted to it. Well, That's wonderful. That's why you asked about that before, Andy. Now yeah. I want to know more. <laughs> no. Well, but this person, I mean, this sounds like it's yes. tough to maintain this boundary. Yes, she, yes. she says here, she goes, her mom does mm-hmm. find ways to send passive aggressive texts or slide things into conversations that make me feel guilty. She desperately wants a relationship with me that I'm not willing to have with her as I've seen over time how unhealthy or maybe codependent some of her behavior feels. I've tried for years to encourage her to seek therapy, hobbies, basically build a life as an empty nester. But at some point she has to choose these things herself. She has a history of some serious depression, a possible suicide attempt about mm. 10 years ago. There's some bad therapy out there, and I have a feeling she has been, quote, treated and discharged without much progress. Mm. I have one brother. We have almost nothing in common, but we get along. He's pretty conservative, has four kids. We both traveled around a lot, but are now coincidentally back in our hometown long term. I wish we were closer, but at least with the stuff with our parents, we agree on how insane and hateful they're being towards one another, and we're staying out of it. Okay, there's a lot going on here. I really should have, like... Okay, I know my parents aren't terrible people. There were some good times, but everything feels blurry right now. I hear about this wave of gray divorce. I've never heard that term. Gray divorce, I guess, over 60? People who have grown kids deciding to get divorced in retirement years. My question is, where are these people? I am so fortunate to have my husband, supportive friends, and a therapist, but I'm desperate to talk to someone who has been through this mess. There are so many conflicting feelings of anger, guilt, sadness, empathy, worrying, the instinct to protect myself from them. Sometimes I feel like I don't have much of a family at all and have considered cutting ties with my parents completely. Do it. (laughs) There's my advice. Exactly. Cut the ties. 
Um, I have amazing in-laws and enjoy spending time with them, but they don't live close. And sometimes I'm even jealous of my husband for having a good relationship with his sister and parents. This shit is hard. I'm working through it, but would love to hear advice or commiseration, maybe from other listeners. Where are my fellow adult kids of old-ass divorced parents? Thank you for making space for this stuff. Love you both. AMR. Well, now you just seem to be asking us a fact-finding. You wanted us to put out the bat signal. We started with senior dogs. (laughs) We started with senior dogs. Now we've got senior parents. But this process of your parents going through it and using you. And you're an adult. But also, and then, but you're also their sounding board. Like mm-hmm. that is its own, that is its own thing. I think that that can be very tricky. Um, you know, I've definitely dealt with growing up again, the only child of a single mother where like our relationship isn't meshed and we do share, um, she shares a lot with me just kind of by default. Um, and I certainly have not put up the boundaries that this caller has tried to put up, but it is not, it's, it's so tough, right? Because every fiber of you is like, these are my parents. I love them. Well, sure. And you can clearly tell that that's how your mom is expressing her love for you. And if you shut that down, it'd be shutting down a real avenue for her to just show that she cares. You know, I, get I know, but it's, but it's very, but it is its own but at the same time, it's true. It's like, as you said, like you're a nurse. You've certainly been through a lot in the last few mm-hmm. years. Like so many uh, healthcare workers, you know, and everything that you're feeling. That like, it also just sounds like you don't have the bandwidth the way maybe no. you did back when you were younger. Definitely um, not. I I feel I feel bad for the I can't call the caller because they wrote an email <laughs> for the the person person who we are talking. Emailer. The emailer. emailer. Thank you, emailer. First of all, I'm wildly unimpressed with how your parents are handling their divorce, and that is not your fault. And mm-hmm. you're doing a great job by trying to to get them through it and to love them through it, especially because you know that your brother has his kids and that he has sort of dusted his hands of this whole thing and been like, you know what? I have other things to deal with. These are grownups who made their beds and a couple people, and this is not those people's issue right now. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, yeah, I, I completely understand the emailer's desire to want to help out because she's being called upon to do that. But I think the number one thing is a person who's gone through a divorce that you can, that would be helpful for her to know at this stage is just that everything when the divorce first happens feels like full volume. It just feels like it's never going to calm down. It feels like everything all the time, all at once. But really, if you can somehow step back for even like three months, put that on your calendar, things will be way better. Like this is, I can tell that this is all super fresh just by the the frequency that this is all still happening with. But Andy, talk about the boundaries. Please teach (laughs) us about what she should do. Yeah, just uh, stop talking to them. This sounds, I don't know, it doesn't sound good. I, I just like, Yeah. I'm not the kind of person who is like, if someone is going through something, you cut them out of your life. I know there's a lot of people who are just like, only good vibes. I'm not that kind of person. But if <laughs> someone's only bad vibes all the time, forever, and they, uh, and they infect you with the bad vibes, that doesn't sound mm-hmm. fun or like a good... I, I, I'm not the kind of person who... Let me tell you what the kind of person yeah, I am. Yeah, you tell us. You tell me. us. You've already told us you're a good director. <laughs> now tell us what else. Uh, <laughs> no, no. But like if if like I don't think you owe your family anything just because they're your family. Yeah, that's where you and I are 
on the outskirts. I mean, we I agree with you, but I'm like, we are different. I think a lot of people feel like because we're family, you that you're supposed to put up with all levels of, you know, abuse, boundary crossing, just, you know. I don't think, and I don't like, again, my parents are like the boundaries I've set. We, we have a relatively fine relationship. It's not like mm-hmm. they've ever done anything bad. It's just that I was just like, all right, I still, for my own mental health, have to say, like, this is what my life is. And if I'm trying to think of something that's like not COVID related, it's a lot of stuff where I'm just like, these are my precautions for COVID. You know, I'm mm-hmm. very strict about this stuff. And they are pretty strict, but they're not as strict as me. And so I'm just like, this is what I require if we are going to see each other. Or this is the stuff. And if you don't want to do that, that's fine. We can Zoom with each other. We yep. call each other, but that's mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. the that's what I require. And old me would have just folded with a lot of stuff, right? And, and that's the best uh, example I can come up. But like anything, a- any kind of emotional thing, I would have just like folded and been like, "Whatever you guys want." Like got yeah. real like Renfield. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> well, I'm I, very. I'm going to take a page from your book on all of this, Andy. That's very interesting. Sorry, go ahead, Andy. No, no, no. I think I'm like. I think it's. I think another thing too, because you said this. Because this is the thing that I also think can be so tricky with even just friends, right? When someone's like, they're doing something terrible, but not fixing it. And then they just keep complaining about it. And uh-huh. there is such a fine line, because you can't change anybody. But there is a fine line between like, okay, I support you, but also, am I enabling you by letting you continue to say the same shit over and over? Yep. While doing the thing. And I mean this particularly, too, with regard to saying her mom, where she's like, get hobbies, make friends, like widen your life so that you know when this divorce goes through when this is completed you're you're not by yourself i think that's so that's so important and you can't make someone go do stuff but at the same time it's like you know is there an email you send where you're like here's some stuff near you like Completely. you know what I mean? you just put it down there and you just it's an email yes back and forth we're not arguing i'm sending you links do it or don't do it and that way You've given them the information as much as you can, right? Like, again, if your schedule uh-huh. doesn't allow this, don't do this. But if you can, and then it's like, you always have that email. You can always find it. And when you talk to me about being bored or lonely, I'm going to say to you, did you check out any of those things I sent you? Completely. And plus, there is somebody, there are so many people, like you said, if you come up to someone, someone comes up to you at a party and says, let me talk to you about my divorce, you're like, Let's take a seat and get comfortable and do this. There is someone who can't wait to talk to your mom about the divorce. <laughs> they can't wait. And interestingly enough, like you said, your you know her dad is now venting. It's like clearly your parents are both what my therapist would call external processors, mm-hmm. and they need to do that to get through this. But the best piece of advice that I got going through my divorce um, from my therapist when my ex and I went to just sort of navigate our separation, which divorce therapy is a thing and it's a very good thing. The first thing and almost the only rule of divorce therapy and how to navigate that separation is the past is gone. Mm -hmm. If it's not about tomorrow, it does not get discussed in the room. It is over. That is like the tenet of that because it's just about moving forward. There is no, you always, you, you know, a million years ago, you did this. 
it is only about everything forward. Nothing else gets a seat at the table. So if that can be somehow communicated to your clearly somewhat obstinate parents, um, I think that that would be helpful as well. Yeah, Uh, that's great. Yeah, I think that's very smart. It's it's so tough, right? Because he was like, you cannot make people go to therapy. You cannot make people Mm -hmm. do the work. But I do wonder if you cut off their avenues to talking about it with you, they will then be forced. It's like, okay, well, she won't listen. No one else will listen. Especially because, again, with any couple, mm-hmm. for a lot of it, a lot of the people you know 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 the other person, right? Like you have very few yes. solo friends, so yes. it's really hard to go complaining because other person's like, "Well, I don't want to be involved," or "I like you both," or "I don't want to be," you know, whatever. Where it's like you now have no choice but to find a third party who is unrelated <laughs> to either of you. That's the only way to have the conversation. Rachel, do you have kids? Exactly, I do. I have two. Are there things that? Like, are there boundary things with your own parents that you didn't like that you have that you have learned from to set up with your kids or something? Does that make sense? Um, I feel like you have something in mind that I don't. I'm just curious about like so like your own relationship with your parents. Mm-hmm. I don't. We don't have kids, and so I like I, I'm always curious about people around our age who have kids and what they've learned from their own relationship Mm. with their parents that they've then like well i don't want to do that with my own kids and so like or right how mm. your upbringing influences the way you parent basically interesting um i'm not i'm not really sure exactly although i do think that i have a lot of things in common with um with my parents but like like we were talking about before you guys about how our parents are our our parents we don't you know none of that like unfortunately like not fortunately or unfortunately but nobody's like blurring the lines with just being a a friend yeah um i do want in on my kids personal life because i'm extremely nosy i want to know who they like at school Uh i want i want to know everything and i am always trying to uh sort of ingratiate myself into that aspect of their lives because i can't help it but i don't i don't know in terms of like a, a firm boundary i'm sure that they will strongly put those in place and i'm just gonna do my best to be very close to them until (laughs) until those uh those loud suggestions come my way (laughs) how do you deal with this is out of curiosity how do you deal with exact parental anxiety around like your kids going out into the world especially as they get older Mm. where like it's not like i'm not talking about like daycare i mean like you know when the kids are like going to their friends houses and hanging out or being like i'm gonna drop you off at the mall you know when the kids start to like do stuff where it's like Oh God! You're going out there, and anything could happen. I, I panic. Like I, I panic when we walk our dog. When we take our dog into the world, I start to get anxiety. I'm like, so I can't imagine a human that you would create. Yeah, it it helped a lot that my oldest is a is a careful person. She definitely gets that from me. She can see a car two blocks away and be like, Theo, get out of the street! Like, to her younger brother. <laughs> She's like a tiny grandma. I love her. <laughs> um, so in that sense, I, I'm very lucky. But they mm. also crave uh, autonomy in such yeah. a big way. Sometimes all of their moodiness is coming from just needing a little bit of freaking freedom. And so I'll let them, you know, take a walk around the block sometimes together and and my neighbors will literally be like, we saw your children unattended, but I sort of am drip feeding the idea of them belonging to the world to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am doing my best and it, it's, it, it would be too much of a full-time job to just be as anxious as I would like to be in my <laughs> core. 
<laughs> so in a way, your body, I think, I promise you, if you guys do decide that you want to have a kid, totally your call, whatever, um, just it ends up feeling something like, oh, what are you going to do? You know, you're just like, I, I worried myself to an Olympic level. I did all of the worrying and here's what happened, you know, yeah. uh, who knows? So that yeah. that is the okay. best I got. No, I'm no, that so makes sorry. that does make sense to me, right? Because you can't live at that fever fever pitch and be productive oh, just, in any yeah, capacity. Yeah, it's just not sustainable. So, yeah, you have to let it go at some point. But yeah, Your but brain I also, just the drip feed up. is smart. Mm-hmm. The drip feed is smart, and just like so, like go around the block, just get out there, get out there, and see what's what, <laughs> and then just come back. <laughs> don't on. talk to anybody. Watch out for electric cars; they don't make any sound. They could be backing out of a driveway. Mm. All they of this don't happens. make any sound. Kind of microchip children. Got to microchip my children. No, exactly. GPS. Where <laughs> you got to track them. You got to uh, track them. That's why I would not be a good parent. <sighs> Rachel. 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 You guys would Rachel. be great parents, by the way. Don't say that about yourselves. You're wonderful. That's that's very kind. Clip it out. Okay, Rachel, <laughs> I have to thank you for joining yes. us on the pod. What, a, what an absolute delight. A delight, a ray of sunshine. You understood the assignment, which is an open <laughs> heart and a loose butt. And so we thank you. We thank you so much for coming on. You guys are amazing. I'm a fan for life. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.